Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. From Brevity Studios, I'm Ryan Wolf, and this is Guilt, The Untold Stories. I've learned that sometimes in this game, things don't always go as planned. In fact, They often don't. And so it was for the second time in a row, my planned investigation into a New Zealand case was scuppered just as it got started. My planned case for season four of Guilt was one of New Zealand's most enduring mysteries. What happened to Cursa Jensen? Only 14 years old, she disappeared in broad daylight on a busy Napier beach while riding her horse in 1983, and has not been seen since. It's a truly baffling and tragic case. I'd reached out to former detective Ian Holyoke, who originally held Curse's case. Now in his 80s, Ian has never given up hope that something might finally give, and the mystery could be solved. Ian was more than happy to be involved, and in fact was a great help in organising some key interviews. But as it turned out, all did not go to plan. And I decided the investigation wasn't to go ahead. However, instead of all the material never seeing the light of day, I've decided to compile this case, and others to come, into a brand new podcast. Guilt Untold Stories It will not be an investigation, but I'll certainly look at different evidence in this case and present some possible theories. You'll hear from police, past and present, and also be presented with a lot of evidence that hasn't been spoken about for decades. I expect to release about five episodes of Curse's Untold Story, released weekly from today. As usual, subscribers to Guilt will get early access and ad-free listening. And as usual, I'll share photo and video related to this case on my Instagram, RyanWolfNZ, and our Facebook group, The Guilt Podcast Discussion Group. Okay, so with all that said, let's get into it. 
this case is one that at the time was huge uh, and it's remembered by a lot of Kiwis and of course I'm talking about the disappearance of Cursor Jensen in 1983 in Napier I'm currently just getting into Esk Valley right now uh, where there was recently devastating flooding which took a number of lives and well I just went past a house then that's just been completely demolished Uh, so yeah recently in New Zealand there was I'd almost call it flash flooding through this through this valley and um, just absolute devastation people being forced to climb onto the roofs of their homes and even then sometimes that wasn't enough it's extremely sad it's the first time I've been down here since since the um, disaster we'll call it that because you know that is what it is but yeah so right now I'm actually I'm going to meet Ian Hollyoak who was the detective who worked on the case at the time I've also got some other interviews today with other detectives and also um, tomorrow with the current holder of the case as well because in New Zealand as you know um, cases of disappearance or homicides um, they will always remain open until information comes to light if it does um but yes, yeah, so this is yeah the start of a new a new case. Um, this one's confounded detectives for almost forty years. It'll be forty years in September of Curse's disappearance. On September first, nineteen eighty-three, Robin Jensen watches her fourteen-year-old daughter Cursor Jensen swing herself up onto the back of her horse Commodore and turn him towards Riverbend Road. Bye, called Cursor. Bye, sweetheart, Robin replied from inside the front door. Robin glances at her watch, 2.45pm, and watches Cursor trot away. These would be the last words ever spoken between mother and daughter. At 4.30pm, a friend of Cursor's knocks on the front door and asks if Curse is in. No, she's out riding Commodore, Robin replies. Shall I ask her to phone you tonight? Yes, please. A few minutes after five, Robin stands in her kitchen, anxiously peeling vegetables. It was after five, only by a few minutes, but Cursor was usually home by five. On the only other occasion Cursor had ever been late, getting home shortly after five, she'd ridden up to the kitchen window. Mum, I'm sorry I'm late, she said. I knew you'd be worried. Robin had never set a time for her return. She trusted her safe judgement. She was responsible. But tonight, there was no appearance at the kitchen window. It was now 5.10pm. She'd never been this late. 
Michael, Curse's brother, walks in the back door. Michael, I'm concerned about Cursor. She's very late. Come with me, and we'll look and see if she's coming along the green belt. The green belt was a stretch of grassland that crossed Napier. Cursor often went out or came home along the green belt. It was a good place to gallop Commodore. Robin and Michael went out through the back gate to Latham Street, where they could get a good look of the green belt from the footpath. But there was no sign of her. They went back inside. I hope nothing has happened to her, Robin said. She had a deep-seated feeling that Cursor was in trouble. That something was very, very wrong. On that horse, Mum, Michael said, she could get away from anything. I hope you're right, Robin replied. Little did Robin know, at this very moment, Curse's horse Commodore was wandering alone, having broken the single strand of thin rope that had been used by someone unknown to tie him to a gun emplacement on Napier Beach, and that the last sighting of Cursor alive had already taken place an hour earlier. Please God, I pleaded, do anything to me, but save my daughter. Please save my daughter. Do anything to me, anything, but please save my daughter. This was my prayer on the night of the 1st of September 1983. I stood in the dining room of my home and stared out at the black, empty sky as I repeated my plea over and over. My daughter, Cursor Mary Jensen, aged 14 years and 8 months, did a perfectly normal thing that afternoon for a girl whose first love and keen sporting interest was horse riding. She had taken her horse for a regular two-hour workout as part of her preparation for a gymkhana in two days and royal show in six weeks. Cursor never returned from her ride that day, and she has never been returned to me. That segment, I sourced from Robin Jensen's book, Cursor, A Mother's Story. Written by Robin, and published by David Ling Publishing in 1994. Ten years after Cursor's disappearance. It is both the tragic recounting of a mother who has gone through great loss, and an homage to Robin's precious daughter and her life. So what happened to Cursor? How could a 14-year-old girl simply disappear in a public place, in broad daylight? It's a question that has baffled detectives for almost 40 years. The only evidence that remained was her horse Commodore, found wandering near the beach. A single strand of thin rope and fine blood spatter on the ground around where the horse had been tied. 
aside from these few pieces of evidence. The only other clues lay in the numerous sightings of Cursor and her horse, and a mystery man in a white ute. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We'll get into the finer details of these sightings, locations and evidence in upcoming episodes. But here's one of the most complete timelines I've been able to find, which was provided by Detective Inspector Ian Holyoke and Detective Sergeant Murray Jeffries to the Daily Telegraph, a local paper, in 1983, in the weeks following her disappearance. It was decided at the time to put all the evidence available before the public in the hope it might jog someone's memory and lead to fresh information. In the words of Detective Jeffries, it's the public who solve most crimes. Here, is the entire timeline as provided to the Daily Telegraph by police, which is effectively a brief summary of all the witness statements. References to gun emplacement refers to an old World War II concrete gun pillbox overlooking the ocean on Napier Beach. There are a lot of witnesses referenced here, and it's a bit overwhelming. But for now, I just want to give you an idea of how many people saw Cursor in the few minutes immediately surrounding when she must have disappeared. All the times listed by witnesses are to be considered approximate, give or take, 10 minutes. Early afternoon, August 23rd and 25th. Witness A saw a white one-ton truck with brown sides parked at the gun emplacement. Behind the cab were roll bars and ropes were looped over the side of the truck. The driver was described as a male, European, 50 to 55 years, balding with brown graying hair and of medium build. He was wearing baggy khaki shorts and a grey shirt with long sleeves rolled up. At 2.45pm September 1st, Cursor leaves home on her horse Commodore as she normally would down the green belt 
and towards Napier Beach, where she would normally ride her horse before returning home. 3.12pm Witness B saw a girl with blonde hair riding a horse south along Tiawa Avenue, Napier. 3.15 to 3.30pm Witness C saw a girl on a horse crossing State Highway No. 2 towards the beach from Miyani Road intersection. 3.30pm Witness D saw a girl similar to Cursor riding a horse south in the vicinity of certified concrete Awatoto. 3.40pm Witness E was driving past gun emplacement and saw a white utility and other motor vehicles parked near the gun emplacement. 3.45pm Witnesses F and G saw a girl on a horse near the gun emplacement. Also at 3.45pm Witness H saw a white one-ton truck with flat deck and brown sides parked on western side of State Highway 2 south of Waitangi Bridge. No driver was seen. 3.50 to 4pm Witness I and J saw a girl on a horse galloping south along beach near gun emplacement. 4pm Witness K saw a red or orange station wagon similar to a 1972 Datsun or Toyota parked 150 metres on north side of gun emplacement. 4.10pm Witness M saw a girl on a horse riding north from Tutaikuri River mouth towards Napier. 4pm to 4.15pm Two surfers paddling across the estuary spotted Cursor on her horse near the river mouth. 14 to 4.25 p.m. The last time Cursor was ever seen. Witnesses P and Q parked near the gun emplacement. Witness P ran down to the water to check the surf. Saw approaching 100 metres away on foot, leading a horse. A girl wiping her face with a handkerchief, which looked red. Witness thought she had a bleeding nose. Witness Q stood on the gun emplacement and saw the girl leading a horse towards the gun emplacement about 70 metres away. Another witness, and someone who would become key to this entire case, Witness R, or John Russell, tells police he was driving north along State Highway 2 in his cream Austin Cambridge with no grill and left front mudguard painted grey. As he drove over Waitangi Bridge, he saw a girl standing and holding a horse at right rear of the gun emplacement. Says he saw a male European, about 50 years old, balding and of stout build, standing near the girl. A white one-ton ute with brown sides was parked at the gun emplacement. Russell drives past the location, then returns, apparently concerned for her well-being, speaks to Cursor, and notices minor injuries to her face. She said she had fallen from her horse, and someone had gone to get her parents, whom she expected to arrive in 10 to 15 minutes. Russell then leaves the area. At the same approximate time, another witness, Witness S, claims to have been driving north and saw a horse at the gun emplacement 
also claims to have seen a male, European, approximately 1.8 meters tall, 45 to 50 years old and of solid build, holding a female with an outstretched arm, girl being held against the gun emplacement. Also saw a white one-ton ute with flat deck and brown sides parked near the emplacement. The truck had bars behind the cab and ropes similar to baling twine tied to the bars. 4.30pm Witness T was driving north through Clive. Approaching Clive Bridge, he passed a white one-ton truck coming off the bridge travelling south. The driver was steering with one hand and his left arm was around the shoulder and neck of the girl next to him. The driver was described as male, European, 20 to 30 years, with a tanned face and brown hair. 4.45 to 5.20 p.m. A number of witnesses see a horse, alone, tied to the gun emplacement. 6.45 p.m. Witness Y, caught horse by State Highway 2, near track to gun emplacement, with a length of broken rope hanging from its bit. When I first read this timeline, my biggest thought was how? How can a 14-year-old girl disappear from such a public place in broad daylight? Surely, there must be something more to this. So as I arrived in Napier, I knew the first thing I had to do was visit the old gun emplacement so I could see it for myself. Okay, I'm driving on on the road from Napier towards Hastings. Um, the ocean is on my left, and in my life I have driven this road many, many, many times um, because I grew up in Hawke's Bay, and any time I went north or you know back south as I've been an adult, this is a, a road I've always driven down and before it had no significance to me whatsoever yeah I I think I'll never drive down this road again probably from now you know the same as I ever have before so now I'm driving in there's a um, a bit of an industrial commercial area um, there's a big plant ravens down um, not exactly sure what products they make here but this huge um, some big sort of smokestack pillow type things I think it might be a fertilizer factory actually so you drive through here and then the spot cursor was last seen or a horse was found at the gun emplacement is up here on the left so um, I'm gonna see if I can find it I've never been down to the spot itself. What's this here? Uh, could this be it here? I'm not sure if this is the spot here. I'm going to try this spot. Could be it. sure if this goes all the way down to where the gun emplacement 
is, but the the recent floods here, the whole far out, the whole beach is just covered in covered in wood and driftwood, and it's a lot of forestry wood and. Jeez, I don't even know if I'll be able to drive all the way down here. Let's try that. So the story of that John Russell is that he apparently said that he drove past and thought he saw Cursor in distress down at the gun placement from the bridge, up on the bridge. Now... Where is the gun placement? Okay, so I've walked down. I'm just approaching the bridge now. Trying to see this gun placement. Now, apparently it's been sort of overgrown now, but they did say they'd planted a few um, Pahutakawa trees. So I feel like I must be approaching the spot right here. There's a little... Oh, yep, this is the spot here. So I'm standing where the old gun placement used to be, and um, there's a plaque here which says, This tree is planted in loving memory of Cursor Marie, Cursor Mary Jensen, last seen alive at this place, the 1st of the 9th, 1983. So the gun placement, which must have been set up here during World War II, that's gone now. So now it's just a bit of a mound. So when I turn and look back, I mean, it's, it's pretty clear to see through to the bridge. Apparently, Russell had said that he saw, thought she might have been in some distress. I mean, and I'm sure I I saw something where people had said that, oh, there's not really enough time to see. But I mean, from here to the bridge, that's a long bridge. Unless he was going, if he was going to the left, actually that would be, if he was going north to south, then he would have a very short period of time. Um, the other thing where this spot is, is, um, I mean, it's literally only 50 metres to the ocean. And there's a river that runs through here as well. Um, and there's one thing about this ocean, and that is that you don't, Napier, it's notorious for, you know, you don't swim here. 
it's dangerous. And I'm not saying that I'm not saying that cursor went into the water, but yeah. My first thoughts are it's not what I expected. I thought that this site was going to be much more difficult to view from the bridge. Now I'm just completely perplexed, perplexed because given if someone came here and took cursor from against her will, I mean, someone would have seen it. It's a very, very busy road. This is State Highway 1 through New Zealand. It's the busiest road. It's really baffling. Right, I'll take some photo and video of this, and um, yeah, you'll find that on um, all the usual places on my Instagram and our Facebook page. Seeing the site now in person, I really am truly perplexed. The site of the gun emplacement is no more than a couple hundred metres from what was at the time an extremely busy road. There is nothing, not a single thing, obstructing the view from the road to the gun emplacement. Then or now. Cursor was not a child. She was a strong, horse-riding young woman who would have no doubt put up a fight. I've been told this. And surely if there had been an altercation, this would have been seen. Is this what Witness S saw when they described a man holding a girl with an outstretched hand? If there's one person who may have the answer to these questions, it turns out he lives not far away. So I jump in my car to go meet him. Hello, how are you? Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. We live in this house. Yeah, very cool. How do you like your coffee? Um, normally, normally just... Uh, no, 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 no sugar. Yeah, that's fine, yeah. Thank you. This man was the first person that held Curse's file and has never given up on his hope of finally solving this mystery and bringing Cursor home. And he is the former Detective Inspector, Ian Holyoke. Guilt, Untold Stories is a Brevity Studios production. Written, produced, and narrated by me, Ryan Wolfe. All opinions expressed in this podcast are exactly that, opinions, and are not a statement of fact by the podcast itself. All persons named are presumed innocent unless proven otherwise in a court of law. You'll find further photos and video on my Instagram, RyanWolfNZ, and I highly recommend you join the discussion with hundreds of other guilt listeners on Facebook at the Guilt Podcast Discussion Group, now with a thousand members. 
I'd like to remind you that Season 4 of Guilt will feature a brand new case and will be coming very soon. So make sure you've hit the follow button on whatever platform you're listening to be sure you're notified the moment of its release. And please, share the podcast on your socials and tell your friends. Guilt is a 100% independent production. Unlike other New Zealand podcasts, we've never received a single dollar in taxpayer funding. You can support us to continue to make great content, plus get ad-free listening, bonus episodes and early release by becoming a Brevity Plus subscriber on Apple or Acast Plus. You'll find the details in the show notes of every episode. This podcast was produced 100% without the use of AI. On the next episode of Guilt, Untold Stories. I'd been told that uh, one person had come forward and and, uh, told us uh, that he had seen the girl there the afternoon before and uh, as he drove past in his his car, he lived... um, not too far away, halfway between Napier and Hastings. He was coming over to Hastings to go shop, uh, to Napier to go shopping. And he, he told the story, which was quite unusual. He said he had seen this girl from the distance, and if you go to the area and look out, you can see it's you know one or two hundred metres away from the main highway. He saw a girl with a horse talking to a man in a white truck as he drove along the main highway. And he thought, it was suspicious. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.